Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, Director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I am so glad you joined us. I know you hear that every time that I'm glad. Well, every time I am glad that you joined us. I am so grateful that not only are you with us today, but again, I want to tell you all the support that you have given us over the years and over this terrible time in our country's history and all the things that are going on. Not only is God steadfast, but those of you that are donors to the mission have been steadfast too. I was just talking to a pastor. I had lunch with him, and he was talking about needs at the mission. And I said, you know, we try to ever expand what we're doing at the mission. And you guys have been so faithful to us over the years. I'm, I'm truly touched. Even uh, through some personally sad times I had, your cards and letters and phone calls and everything meant a great deal to me. Uh, they comforted me as the family of Christ would comfort their own. And so thank you. Um, we wanted to try something a little different today. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to let Eileen Trussell, who is our development director, she wants to interview me. And so we're going to let her do that. But before I turn it over to her, I would like to tell you that if you get a chance, if you, if you would go to 2 Timothy 3 and read the first few verses, then you'll see that Paul warned us or warned Timothy about men that would creep into the church, that there would be people who were uh, all about themselves, they were rude, they were blasphemers, they were all these kind of things. And the reason I bring that up is that many people call the mission, a lot of people are really concerned about the way things are going, and they're, they're apprehensive about the future. And, and I don't blame them at all, but I want you to understand that Paul told Timothy those things would come, and he didn't call or he didn't tell Timothy those things to alarm him, but so he could be prepared. So as things, if they do, if they get worse and worse, remember that Jesus said, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And if you are taking some heat because you're a believer and you just feel over overwhelmed by it, remember this, Jesus also said, if they hate you, it's because they hated me first. And you know what? If you're going to be on the side of the people that are hated because of Jesus, I think you're on a pretty good side. Because one day the trumpet will blow. And one day all of the sin and all of the frustration and all of the things of this world will be swept away. And what will be left is those who claim the name of Christ and follow him. So take heart. You know, I, I uh, not only look forward to the day that Christ returns, but I pray every day that he strengthens me and keeps me faithful because I know I don't have the strength to do it. But he also said that when we are weak is when we are strong because that's when we know we need Christ. So this is Eileen Trussell that I'm looking at, and she's going to start the program by asking questions. So Eileen, tell them who you are. 
Well, you thank you for your introduction, and I just would love to know more about you, Pastor Tim. Well, okay, let's just admit that I already do. <laughs> so we want our audience to. Uh, you've been so gracious to interview so many of us from the mission, and uh, well, it's a great opportunity to finally get to turn the tides a little bit here, and and the director of the mission, who's been um, making sure that the gospel, the center of our name, is the priority of everything that we do. So, uh, Pastor Tim, in your heart, um, what do you feel our mission statement is and, and the purpose of why we run this place here at, at Bannon Street? You know, she's probably relieved because she knows if you if you talk to a pastor and you ask him one question, you probably don't need to ask another <laughs> one. But uh, to be as brief as possible about it, our mission has never changed. The mission, as I see it, is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, to carry that name just like the original uh, disciples were told to go out to all the world and make disciples. And so... We feed the homeless, we house them when we're allowed to, and we're still feeding, we're still uh, allowing them to shower, we're still giving them clothing and all those type of things. And we are, we're working on other things too. But when it is all boiled down to, we're not interested in just taking somebody, cleaning them up, getting them better, and then sending them out into the world to go to hell. Uh, Jesus Christ is the preeminent thing, the preeminent person. He is the one that is our righteousness. It's everything we do is centered around proclaiming the name of Christ. Amen. And how did you get even to the mission? Well, uh, I was like so many of us. You know, I was raised with a mom and a grandmother who were believers and I thought because I went to church on Christmas and, you know, Easter, that I must be a Christian too. Besides, I was born here in the United States. Aren't we all Christians? I, You know, that was my mindset. And when I was a young guy, I did a lot of things I shouldn't do. I did a lot of drinking and just a lot of things that I shouldn't do. I was graced in never having to become an alcoholic, uh, but... I was actually born in South Carolina, and my father was a pharmacist, and because of alcohol, uh, my mom and dad broke up. He was cheating on her, and that may be a little too much information, but I want you to understand that I grew up pretty much without a father because of alcohol, and my mom tried to do the best she can. It's hard for a single mom, but she did the best she could. And I've always believed that somehow God had his hand on me, drawing me to his side, but I lived a life that was absolutely not in his will. And so at one, uh, finally when I was about 20 years old, I met my wife, Olga, who just recently passed away. She was a kind, lovely person, but she wasn't a believer either. Her parents weren't believers. And so um, to move things along a little bit, I was going, I was still in trade school off and on as I was going through my apprenticeship for air conditioning, and there was a guy who was a believer. And my motor shop guy uh, was a believer, Rosenau Motor Rewinding, I still know him, and he kept talking to me about it, and this friend of mine, and at 20 years, 28 years old, and Olga was 26 and a half, something like that, 
uh, we had dedicated our lives to Christ and we walked down an aisle to be baptized in a little Southern Baptist church in uh, the Citrus Heights area. So having said that, I, looking back across my life, I could see that God had a direction. And by the way, he has a direction for you too. Mm -hmm. And that direction was, I had lived a life that was indulgent, and then I owned a business, and then I became a pastor and changed, if you want to call it careers, because I don't, I call it a call. And I did a lot of things that prepared me for being at the mission. And uh, I have always been grateful to God that he didn't uh, allow me to slip through the cracks of life and become like my father. I don't know if that helps you or not, but... Absolutely. And it's a joy to express your, you know, purpose of what God has done in your life. And you're sharing it, what, what does it have to do with you being the director of the Union Gospel Mission, why, how you grew up and then get saved? Well, it, it has a lot to do with it because all you, all the staff at the mission, we are born-again believers, mm -hmm. and um, we're faithful to Christ um, to do his work. And, and that's what I love so much about the Union Gospel Mission. It's, it's truly a Christ-centered mission with the gospel being the center of our name, Union Amen. Gospel Mission. We're a mission. Just like you would find one missionaries going throughout the world, you're looking at one right here at downtown Sacramento. That's right. And so, Pastor Tim, mm -hmm. so you were a pastor of a church, you mm -hmm. still are, mm -hmm. and uh, so then now how did you get employed at the Union Gospel Mission? I, I think you also, no, I do know, you also volunteered there first, didn't I you? I did. Uh, probably 25 years ago, I started coming down, and uh, we were bringing the church down, and we were volunteering and giving the message once on the fourth Saturday. And, you know, even to that point, uh, one of those times somebody coughed in my face and I wound up with bacterial pneumonia. And it, you might say, how does that play in? I think it plays in because it, when I was asked to come to the mission, those were things I had to consider because when you do mission work, you're exposed. You're exposed to different things. But you know, you take Jim Elliott, who marched into the jungles of South America to bring the gospel. He knew the risks, too, because he was a missionary, and so are we. But, yeah, I, I actually knew somebody that was on the board of directors. They knew me. And when they were losing their former director, I got a call and said, you know, I don't know if this is something that you'd be interested in, but would you, you know, pray about whether you would want to interview with us. I told him that a professor at Liberty University said that if you want to know if you have a call, then if God is bringing you there, don't ask for this sign or that sign, but ask that God give them a perfect peace about you coming and that you have a perfect peace. So I prayed about it and I interviewed with them and I asked them, it was a pretty big board at the time, and so I met with half of them at a restaurant, and I told them, hey, I stood up as I was, the interview was over. I said, listen, I'm a pastor, and we need to lecture somebody every day, 
and you're all I have right now. <laughs> Probably not my best interview technique, but <laughs> it was sincere. And, and I said, truthfully, I want you guys to know that as you interview other people for this position, if there's one single question that you have that you're uneasy about me being the director, then let's assume God is not in this. And I'll love you guys. I'll still come down and, and volunteer. But I won't be director unless God has drawn me to this mission. And so it wound up that, uh, and I told him, I said, I'll be honest with you, there's probably 10,000 men that are more qualified to be a, the director of the mission than I am. So when they called, I asked him. I interviewed with the other half, and I just asked him, listen, did you guys uh, have any doubts or trepidation about me? Is there any one of you that had a, uh, a question left? And they said, no. As a matter of fact, uh, it's amazing it was unanimous that you were the guy. So uh, I started a few weeks later at the mission and uh, and how long ago was that 15 years yeah and so uh, I I've never regretted coming to the mission uh, and so I've loved the mission because I see that God's work is actually is actually being done there so um, and the people that are around me uh, yourself for instance uh, you know we have Steve Jared, who's been there for 30 years, and I have a chaplain, and I have a lot of people there. And the one thing that you said is is really true. I believe the people that are there to be born again, born not just of water but of the Spirit, and and so that makes it a totally different atmosphere than most people ever work in. But you know, I'm an ordained pastor. But you out there, if you're a plumber or you're a lawyer or you're a waitress or you're whatever the numerous things are, understand that if you're in Christ, you're an ordained whatever you are mm -hmm. and that it's still part of your ministry to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I know you do that at your desk often with people. Well, it's a joy. It's uh, wonderful when, you know, we get to speak with not only those in need that come to us for help, but also our donors and volunteers, and and uh, the ministry never stops, and and we get fed as well from those we get to pray with and and share the testimonies with, and it's been always very encouraging to see how many believe in us and believe in the work that we're doing of God, you know, for of Jesus Christ our Savior. I want to put on everyone's bucket list <laughs> that uh, we have this beautiful Jesus Saves Cross Amen. on the top of our building that's historical. It's been there since 69, uh, since we've moved yeah. there. Yeah. And uh, it still lights up so beautifully at night, this bright orange neon color. And uh, you have to just... It get drive by one night, but not within the next few nights because oh. I have somebody <laughs> coming to work on it because the Jesus part is it just says Aves. <laughs> okay, so in about a week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but really, do uh, uh, take a, a look at that sign because it is magnificent and lights up so beautifully. You know, as we have worked on trying to uh, 
get the building completely up to snuff, you know, so that it's safe, so that it's warm, so it's attractive for the people that are on the other side. There's two buildings. Uh, one of the things I've, I've told the board of directors and I've told the staff, no matter what we ever do, even if we were to have a completely brand new building, the one old thing that's going to stay there is that cross that says Jesus mm -hmm. saves. It's like all the old rescue missions used to have. And it's so impactful to me to look at. And as a matter of fact, if you folks out there get a chance to see our logo, our logo was mm -hmm. patterned after the cross. You know, part of it was patterned after the cross that uh, is up there on the building. Yes, and even Judah King, who yes. helped us design the logo, even uh, painted for us a picture that is hanging in our reception wall now with uh, Romans 116, mm -hmm. for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for mm -hmm. it is the power of salvation to God for those who will believe. Mm -hmm. And then the other um, verse, Matthew 2540. And so uh, it's really pretty. So anyone who wants to come by, if they're donating, they can, if it's d during the day, they can see the sign up on top of the building. And in the reception area, they can see our beautiful paintings that, that were dismayed too. 2540 is an impactful, all, all, all those verses are, because it not only says, this which you've done to the least of these, this you have done it unto me, which is a great positive statement, but the flip side of that is, this which you have not done for these the least of mine, you have not done it unto me. Because Jesus said, you know, I was hungry, you didn't feed me. I was in jail, you didn't come and visit me. I was a stranger and you didn't welcome me. And uh, so it's always nice to look at the positive side of what we did do, but then it brings us to the realization of the things that we don't do. And listen, this is not from an ivory tower somewhere. I am well aware that there's many flaws and failures that I've had over the years as a Christian, as a pastor, as a husband, as a father. But the best part of it all is that in my weak and horrible moments, just like that little daily devotional that we all have mm. from uh, Paul David Tripp. New Morning Mercies. Yep. So, um, and that's not a plug because we don't get paid for that. <laughs> no, but it is a beautiful devotional. It's my favorite I've ever had. So. I read it every day. Uh, he said, uh, trying to quote him fairly accurately, he said, just remember this, that on your very best day, God doesn't love you any more than when you were saved. And on your very worst day, he doesn't love you any less mm. than on your very, uh, the first day of your salvation. Mm. And so I agree with all the theologians that have always put it this way. I was saved, I'm being saved, and I will be saved. Thanks to his grace. Amen. Always his grace. Yes. So, so Pastor Tim. Yes, ma'am. This COVID pandemic mm -hmm. has had quite an impact on, mm -hmm. on our mission. Yes. It, it's breaking our hearts in many areas. Mm -hmm. uh, would you like to share what's been going on? Well, first of all, we were not able to have some of the people from the street in. We have our program guys with the social distancing for their beds and stuff like that. And so uh, it was suggested by somebody that we stop giving showers, stop feeding them. And let me assure all of you, that's never going mm -hmm. to happen. 
I don't care if this thing were to break out into, a, you know, a new, not just pandemic, but an epidemic in, you know, proportions like it was during 1918 or the plagues of Europe. Missionaries are called to be missionaries. And so somebody told me before I got sick and went into the hospital that because I'm 65 years old and I have uh, diabetes that I really should be staying home. And I told them, okay, a leader does not stay home when the troops are fighting on. The reason I'm saying that is not, oh, look what wonderful thing I did. It's not that at all. But I believe in the mission. It's not just a matter of having a job. It's not just a matter of being there. It's not a matter of just uh, having a radio show. It's none of those things. It's because I believe it. And even my wife, before she passed away, said, hey, God is holy and he is sovereign. And when our time comes, our time will be there. But we need to operate as the missionary people that we are. Very good. Absolutely. So we have lots of work to do. And the weather, the cold weather is here. And we are in need of many items, aren't we? We are. And uh, so I, I will uh, just tell you that we need blankets. We need tarps. We need, uh, we're getting ready to give our food boxes out, sleeping bags. Um, we don't Warm. give out. We don't give out tents because we don't try to encourage people to camp out on the street. We want them to be responsible citizens, but we don't want them to freeze either if they are out there. But one thing I wanted to tell you guys is that within the parameters of the COVID virus and the things that the government has told us that we have to do, we have been searching for more and more ways to get the gospel message out. And so we are feeding still every night 150 or more people yeah, it seems meals. like climbing hot yeah. meals not just uh not just uh you know sandwiches right. i don't know if anybody else is doing the hot meals out there and but we've we got are. a celebration going on monday night for them we do special barbecue that's being delivered catered and then a full Thanksgiving meal that our kitchen manager is putting together for them on Thanksgiving and then with lots of, you know, extra treats for them. And, and the food boxes, which we are still giving out, it's just we're having to modify the way we do it. But they're going to have a turkey, all the fixings that, that mm -hmm. it takes to have a traditional meal, the celebration. And I wanted to also add that we are getting – I just ordered – uh, I had somebody ordered uh, a television set that we can mount on a cart so that we can take that television outside and have several pastors that I know loop a message out there. And so so we are trying everything we can to get the gospel message out because, again, we don't want to just meet the physical needs. We need to meet the spiritual needs of mm -hmm. the lost and the hurting and the dying out there. And so we're going to do everything we can, and God will open doors to get that out there. And we'll be there trying. With uh, the Gospel of John tracks as well, right? Yeah. Well, Pastor Tim, how would you like to end this wonderful session? Well, we have 30 seconds because I can see my producer <laughs> out there. I would like to thank all of you for all your donations, your prayers, your, your cards when I was in need. 
I so much appreciate it. So as always, thank you, Eileen. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916 447 3268. 916 447 3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.